welcome to the Hear Her Roll podcast. What's up, lovies? I'm Sean. And I'm Alexa. And on the Hear Her Roll podcast, we talk about and hear from some of the rad women in sport, highlighting the trailblazers, game changers, and dominant forces who deserve some time in the spotlight. Hear Her Roar is a space for female athletes to have their say and bring up their perspective on the experiences and challenges from within their sport. And Beyonce might come up here and there as well. It's going to be fun. So let's get into it. Would you like me to do another impression? I would love it. It's a noise. Llewellyn, <laughs> like that. If you say it like that, it's much easier. Say it with a Welsh no. accent. Ellen. <laughs> she, Sean, you say it with it just rolls off your tongue. And then I'm going to I mean, it is my name. Llewellyn. Like, <laughs> you just made it sound like you're making the noise and then saying my name afterwards. <laughs> you're not even trying, Alexa. Jeez. <laughs> Okay, but like, if I try, it's gonna sound as Lachlan. Oh, lovely! It. That was oh, wow! A good attempt. That was a good attempt. I'll give you that. You know what's funny oh, is I'm actually half Welsh, so that's Are pretty you? bad. I am half. Oh, maybe you. a quarter. I may be a quarter. That's a fact about you that I didn't know. Um, yeah, my grandmother was born in Wales, so yeah, I'm a quarter that's Welsh. Pretty cool. <clears throat> that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, where's your last name from, Danica? Like, um, do you have any like European heritage? Yes. So my dad's okay. side is all Polish, like as Ooh. far back too. I don't think Mazers, there's that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think actually at one point way back in the lineage it was Mazerski, oh, but then okay. somewhere along the line became Mazer. Um, and then my mum's side is all Irish with one great grandfather from Estonia. Ooh, that's pretty cool. I feel like Danica with a K as well is, I see Danica with a C quite often, but I I love the Now I wish I was Alexa with a K. (laughs) A-L-E-K-S-A. Yeah, there you go. That sounds very like Eastern European. It does. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Which I think actually Alexa might be also a Welsh name. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I looked it up one time and it was, Chick is not, but. Chick is apparently almost over a thousand years old. I learned that oh. the other day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I like that. That's pretty, that was a cool fact. Fun That's fact. Cool, right? Cool, 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 cool. So, Danica, did you say you were a teacher as well? I am a school teacher, yes. Okay. <laughs> she wears I didn't know many that. hats. I many didn't hats. know that. So, I'm definitely going to have some many questions hats. about that. Well, we should probably introduce to our listeners who have now just been listening to utter drivel for the first two minutes of this conversation (sighs) you gotta always bring it in with the drivel first of all and then you end it out with that too and it just kind of has a good round yeah you just fade out fade in and fade out the sound yeah On our podcast today, which I've forgotten the name of, Hear Her Raw, on the Hear Her Raw podcast today, we have the lovely Danica. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Rhymes with laser. Danica. It is it is 9.49 at night, which is why we're this, this we bad have, tonight. We have the lovely, lovely, we have the lovely Danica Mazer. Woohoo! Yay! I said it right. Danica is joining us from BC, so it may be 9.45 at night in Ontario where Alexa mm-hmm. and I are, but it's actually only 6.45, so it's not it's like that late. Reasonable. <laughs> but this yes. is a very, this is a very, you know, 
fun Saturday night in for the three. <laughs> oh yeah, no, this is legitimately my idea of a good Saturday. That Saturday. Oh yes. yes. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Annika. I'm very excited to have you here. Thanks for having me, ladies. No, no problem. No problem. Okay. Um, questions. Where are the questions? Once again, nine fifty at night. So. <laughs> Our brain Alexa pop, is, like, Alexa is very tired. She's just on a, a, a just lunch like a over dinner hour or something. Yeah. yeah, ten hours. Like wow. She's a legend. I'm a little tired. Okay, Danica. We'd like to know some more about you because I think you're fabulous, and Alexa thinks you're fabulous, mm. and we want the people of the world to know how fabulous you are. So we're going to ask you some questions about you first before we ask you questions about other things. So, um, Danica, how long have you been skiing? Actually, wait, before I ask you that question, tell us, give us a, a Cliff Notes version of who you are. <laughs> the part you weren't prepared for. Yes, tell us I about you. Say, I came into this really prepared otherwise, and then now, now I have to talk about me, and I'm not She's prepared like, oh, shit, for that. I have to talk about me? <laughs> I like to throw curveballs at our guests, literally. <laughs> Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's really organic. Um, Cliff notes about me. Uh, yeah. So I wear many hats, as we were saying earlier, mm-hmm. as we all do, I think, in this time and just our generation. <laughs> um, yeah. But I do wear many hats. So by day, I guess you would say I'm a school teacher. So um, my undergrad was in early childhood education, and that's sort of where my passion is, is with the really littles. I taught preschool for many years before going into um, the teaching program and getting into the public education realm. So primary is sort of where my, my heart lies, but I've kind of taught all over, and most more recently, I've been at the middle years age, so... Um, last year I was teaching grade seven, eight, nine, which don't ask me how I ended up there, but it was <laughs> really, really, yeah, empowering and um, a really positive experience overall in my teaching life. So that's one of my jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I am a ski coach. So I work for uh, Whistler Club out here in BC. And previously I worked for Vancouver Club for many, many years. Um, and then, yeah, I also assist with the provincial mogul team out here in British Columbia as well. And I work for the provincial sport organization as well as the national sport organization on um, a female empowerment initiative called Girl Stylers that's specific to freestyle skiing. Yay, Girl Which Stylers! we all love because all three of us are, uh, well, I'm a lesser, lesser member of this committee, but still, we're all on this this little girl stylish journey so that's... you're important don't don't discipline like, we'll be roping you, know, you in me more and this my... year okay <laughs> I yeah to say i was like i did very little i'm sorry <laughs> you 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 did some things last year you helped out like with some stuff bit. and some things you were awesome i just want um, to say yes, because my do. mom my mom was a teacher she actually just retired after 35 years oh wow so and she was a primary teacher as well like she did kindergarten grade one twos and threes um you guys are superheroes let me just say i need to point that out because there are a lot of people in the world that don't understand just how challenging it can be to be a teacher some days and i've seen my mom go through it for the 23 years that i've been alive and it is tough shit you guys are amazing okay it is. so but if you see, haven't heard it today to, yeah thank you i would say that to <laughs> middle school teachers and high school teachers like i've had my little taste of it and i'm like 
No, I don't know. <laughs> Teenagers. <laughs> do this. Ooh. It's so different oh with coaching. God. Like it's, it's so such different. a different role. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. as an educator, it's it's hard. So mm. um yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay, so you're a ski coach as well as being a teacher. And we'd like to know how you got into skiing. You obviously you grew up in BC, right? I did, yes. I was born in Ontario, but I moved to BC when I... I know, my birth certificate traitor. is Ontario. <laughs> what? Traitor. I love a fun I'm a traitor. Okay. I'm je- no, I'm jealous. I'd rather be in BC, to be quite I've honest. I've been there since I was one, so... Okay. okay. It was okay. an so early you were, Yeah, that's BC's home, for sure. I, I would it, call you a BC home, native, yeah. then, for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And where in BC did time. you grow up? Um, a little suburb of Vancouver called Delta, which is a nice little place to grow up very much not a ski community and not (laughs) anywhere close to mountains I had to drive we had a well we still have a family ski cabin at a teeny tiny little mountain called Hemlock Valley which has changed the name to Sasquatch um, which is great but I will always refer to it as Hemlock in my heart and I'm sure anyone listening to this who knows Hemlock feels the same way That's fair. Um, yeah so I grew up skiing there and then once I started getting a little bit more competitive with freestyle I switched over to the North Shore Mountains so Cypress Mountain mm, okay nice um, and how did you get into freestyle like what was kind of the catalyst for you it was sort of like an anomaly group of athletes at Hemlock um, mostly a group of boys who my brother was a, a part of this group of, of young guys. There was also um, Mark Abma was uh, around at the time. And, and it was just sort of this group of young teenage guys who didn't want to race. Um, mm-hmm. So the parents got together and hired a freestyle coach who's um, been coaching for many years and has probably coached everyone in some way. His name is Jeff Fairbairn. Um, so they- <laughs> Yay! Yay! We love Jeff! Oh, Jefe! <laughs> love Hefe. He was my very <laughs> first coach, but I feel like he was everyone's first coach. He was he was one of my coaches. He used to assist Dave for right? OMT, so I've had him for four, yes. Yes. Every every person I talk to in the industry is like, oh yeah, Jeff was my coach. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have not been coached by Jeff because I was not a competitive athlete in this country, but I have had a working relationship with Jeff for a long time and I think he is a fabulous human so oh yeah, yeah he's oh, very yeah. very I'm, that's such a cool I didn't know that and I'm really stoked on that <laughs> he was part of the catalyst he was yeah my parents and a couple of the other parents um, brought him in and to Hemlock and uh, he started he was our first coach for this little tiny Hemlock freestyle program um, who produced some amazing athletes. Like my brother and uh, a few of the other guys and girls went on to the mogul team. Um, I just kind of wanted to take along. It was, like I said, mostly a group of like young teenage guys. And um, mm-hmm. there was like me and another little sister and we didn't want to race either. So we just kind of got roped into the whole thing and tagged along to competitions. And after my brother and that age, that that group of athletes moved on. Um, that's when I moved over to the North Shore Mountains and started training with Vancouver Ski Club. So um, my dad actually was one of the founding, I think he was the founding president of Vancouver Freestyle Ski Club back in like 01. 
your dad and my dad probably know each other then I I, swear to God. I yeah when I was listening okay. to the podcast with Berkeley I was like I feel like your dad and my dad have met probably <laughs> Bruce Chick knows everybody Brucey I feel like the story you're kind of like your stories of like your parents they're a little similar. Are very similar yeah they do yeah. parallel yes. each other a little bit for sure yeah yeah, my dad yeah. wasn't like an ex hot dogger himself or anything, okay. but he, yeah, he, we loved it and he wanted to make that opportunity for us. So, yeah, yeah. We like dads like that. They're good. Dads. Oh, yeah. He's a good freestyle dad. <laughs> They're good dads. Um, so, you moved over to the North Shore, and I'm assuming. By that you you're talking about grouse or Seymour or or cypress or a collection of all of them is that correct? Like, yeah. So that first few years, um, there was another group of kids who were training out of Seymour, and they were about more around my age at the time. And like I said, my brother and his friends had moved on to the provincial team with um, Rob Cobra, was the coach at the time. Um, so my dad was looking for a program that. Uh, fit for me with kids my own age so um, Mm -hmm. there was a a little program happening at Seymour and he connected with some of the parents there and then they um, they got on board with Cyprus because this was leading up to the bid for the 2010 Olympics so Cyprus was one of the host mountains for the events Um, so they were really interested in like the legacy piece and uh, Mm -hmm. creating a program for this sport where they were going to host the venues for 2010 uh, so that's why we sort of solidified everything at Cyprus. And that's where it was for, yeah, probably five years before it branched out to, to Gross and some of the other mountains. And you, so you had a com- competitive career in mogul skiing, correct? I like, did, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, at that time, like we're talking 2001 to 2000, well, I don't know, maybe I started in 99 as like a little, little kid and then started to be more competitive in 2001 um, to about 2004 so like slope style skiing was just being born like it wasn't part of our provincial competitions our timber tours now we call them but back then we called them zone events um it wasn't like it was it was just being born like I remember I had to compete in some half pipe competitions at Apex of all places. Can you believe this? <laughs> under the lights, like there was a half oh pipe. Under, yeah, like so far back. Everything and, under the lights is so much better. I don't know why. Well, and it, like, I guess it was cool, but I did not. I hated it. Like, You're I like, was a mobile nope. kid. No, yeah. I was so not. I, I just wasn't pulled in that direction, and it was yeah. the new cool thing at the time. And I, yeah. it really like crushed my confidence in where I was at because I was really successful as a mogul skier right. and was like starting to attend some we called them Canadian series back back then which yep. um now are like Canada yeah Cups. Canada Cup yeah um and Junior Nats and all that stuff and I was like really you know successful on that side but at the time like slope style was the cool new thing and mm. and I just felt really yeah, like I wasn't pulled in that direction. So it was mm-hmm. a challenging time to be a, a teenage girl in freestyle, girl freestyle yeah. skiing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And were there even, it. were there provincial programs then? Like for mogul skiing, I mean, like were, was there a provincial program for you to go into like at yeah. the time? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what year, like I think Rob Cober was the first BC team coach 
but that was well before my brother was on the team. Yeah. And then, yeah, like there was a provincial mogul team, but those guys mm-hmm. weren't competing in slope. Like slope was like an open thing. Like you'd yeah. have to seek, you know, open events wherever. So, and then I, like after I quit competing, I quit. Like, I don't think I skied after the age of 15 until I was 18. I, I was out wow. of the world, out of the scene, and I missed a lot. Like, <laughs> my husband always talks about it as, like, my hi- hiatus. Like, he'll talk about... <laughs> disappeared from the planet. For honestly, <laughs> like, something would come up from those years, and he's like, oh, yeah, that was you. probably during your hiatus when you, like, <laughs> disappeared. I'm like, I guess. I don't know. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I can't really funny. say, like, when Slope joined the like timber tour circuit oh the provincial God. level stream mm. yeah i don't know i honestly i don't know enough about the history of i honestly um, i don't even think because i started when i was 10 and i don't remember park ever really entering my realm in ontario at least in like eastern ontario we were completely mogul focused up until the point that i was maybe like 13 right so okay. that would have been about 10 years ago yeah. So that... maybe 10 years ago? I don't know. So probably about when I appeared on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was you, Sean. It was me. I don't know. I was you not know. taking any credit for that. I do know, I know from our research in our work, Danica, that um, I know that the World Cups for slope style didn't really start until the winter of 2011 when it was announced. Yeah, when it was announced that um, there was going to be. Uh, slope was going to be in the Sochi Olympics and they right. needed qualifying yeah. events right yeah. so I, I think because I think up until that point it was like more of like a kind of like how free ski is becoming now where it was like it was mostly done for films and like mm-hmm. you had like TJ Wallace Tom Wallace sorry TJ Schiller and Tom Wallace <laughs> Whoa. I like how you merged the two of those together that was very good was oh, thank you very um, efficient and you had like JP and like all those guys who were like mm-hmm. kind of dabbling in it in like a lot of film stuff like new schoolers is coming around that type of thing and then it was just like 2011 ish yeah. when competition started coming up and that makes sense because like 2004 yeah. was when I quit my mm. time as an athlete and mm-hmm. disappeared and I kind of think that like 2004 to yeah, like 2009 or 10 or whatever, yeah, that five yeah, yeah. years was when it was like really Started taking off and yeah. There are a lot of, there are a lot of open contests or I guess you would still call them like the X Games is technically an open contest. Like you, or you get invited, but like things like Dew Tour and I know in Ontario there was like Snow Crown, which was a really big one oh, yeah. um, in Ontario. Do you remember that, Alexa? That was a, a little mountain. bit. Yeah, I do. Um, so that was like, I think that was the thing was like all these big open competitions where anybody could come and yeah. enter. And that was really the, in the UK, that was kind of all of my, all my experience with competitive freestyle skiing was like these open events where you could just show up and, and participate if you wanted to yeah. and you just went in either like amateur or pro category or whatever yeah. yeah um so you were right there at Danica in the birth of all of these things oh but, yeah um, and like the same cohort like I was going to BC series events with TJ and like Riley and Joe and these guys yes, who were like yeah they were young at the time they were like my age ish so like mm-hmm. 15 and um, still doing provincial level events, but then branching out to like become pro skiers in this new world of, of free ski. So, yeah. um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a really cool time in the sport. It was just 
I was a mogul skier in the midst of it. Yep. And I was like, oh man, like, yep. okay. <laughs> Being a girl as well, like, were there many other girls, first of all? And and was that a challenging experience if there weren't many other girls? Because I feel like there were some inspirational female mogul skiers around that time, like, especially going into, what, 2010 Olympics? Well, Jen would have still been around. She was West mm-hmm. Coast. Mm-hmm. Christy Richards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Christy. And I knew Christy really well. Um, just Mm -hmm. because of the bc scene Mm -hmm. um yeah like there were some great role models out there for sure but in regards to like my little world of going Mm -hmm. to these you know regional provincial competitions or junior nationals or whatever i wouldn't say it was like extreme like there were definitely more guys than girls but there were other girls um i just think what it was was like it was just the culture of the sport was sort of rough and cool mm-hmm. and you just kind of had to yeah. be cool or not and that's fine but it yeah it, it was just a different landscape at the time and yeah um I just wasn't totally sure of myself as a teenage girl as I think a lot of teenage kids Many. aren't yep absolutely. right it's sort of the time that you're like, you're like what do I do with my hands and, yeah <laughs> You know, the whole thing. Well, and also I felt really torn between my school life and my ski life. Like I didn't have, I I was actually listening to your podcast with Berkeley and I was like, wow, that was so cool. It seems like she really grew up in a community where everybody skied or that was just sort of her, that was her community. I felt I didn't have that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I went back to school in my little world in Delta, no one knew what mogul skiing was. No one really cared. So I, I had a real hard time balancing that. Yep. Um, my teachers didn't know or care. So it was kind yeah. of, it was just yep. a hard time, like being a teenage girl. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And was that part of the reason that you decided to take your hiatus? Or was it just, you know, you, you, it felt like it was the right time to say goodbye to skiing for a little bit? Yeah, no, it was not a pretty split between me and freestyle skiing (laughs) internally internally it was like we were literally driving my mom was driving me to meet this uh, another family from our club I was going to be staying with them at it it was like one of the last zone competitions or timber tour um and I we needed a result to get a spot at juniors so um and this was like my year moving into possibly getting a spot on BC team like I remember I had submitted my picture and was hopefully getting my can west pass like I was moving in that direction and so anyways I needed to attend this event it was in Prince George and I I just stopped my mom on the drive and I was like I don't want to go and we had this huge fight in the on the side of the highway like she was driving to drop me off with all my stuff to go with the other family I was like no I don't want to go like I just don't care anymore And it was really disappointing for my coaches and for my teammates and for my family. My brother was still competing on the provincial team at the time because I was really talented. Like Mm -hmm. I could have stuck with it and seen how far I went. Um, And I totally just was like, no, I don't want to do it anymore. Like it's, I, yeah, I don't know. So it was was pretty sad. (laughs) Was it almost like a, like an impulse? Like you just had this, all of a sudden you had an epiphany where you were like, no. Um, I wish I could tell you, I feel like at that age, you're like, 
your prefrontal cortex is really underdeveloped. <laughs> You're not making these long-term decisions for any other reason making except rash for, decisions. Oh yeah, like yeah. all kinds. And I just it wasn't important to me and I I didn't feel yeah. I wasn't feeling the reward as much as I should okay. have been. Yep. Like it felt so, like almost like too much work and not enough fun. Um yeah, and not even so much the work, but just like, yeah, it's hard. I, I can't even really put a finger on what it yeah. was. It was just yeah. well, not, so I didn't feel too. encouraged enough, okay. you know, like mm-hmm. I even felt when I did win medals, it was like, oh, but it's just a medal on moguls. Like that was oh, okay. genuinely a feeling that, I had. Was it like the feeling that you'd put on yourself or that was something that you were getting from the environment around you? Column A, column B, I think. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I think, and no one person. I think it was just like I said, the the landscape of the sport at the time was changing, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it was the early two thousands. Like we weren't talking about people's mental wellness the way we do now, yeah, and um, right. putting an emphasis on that piece. So I just didn't feel supported. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, and it's valid. I, I think that's really interesting. Like that, this is where this conversation has taken us because you did take your hiatus and then you came back and I'm assuming that you came back as a coach in some capacity Um, but I think it's really interesting because I feel like your story even though it's a different time now there may be some girls out there who are having those feelings of like am I like do I want to keep doing this sort of thing and I think what you do for what I see as your main job obviously teaching you probably see as your main job but I see your <laughs> I see you as your your my Danica girl stylers like you that's it's just I'm excited to get into it and talk about girl stylers a, a little bit more but I think it's sort of it's it makes a lot of sense to me how you've and it seems like you've come full circle in your relationship mm-hmm. with skiing too which is amazing so it is yeah, yeah like if I I feel like there's that TikTok right now where people are like doing the like talking to themselves five oh, years ago yeah. or whatever you know that trend yeah yeah, yeah. and I'm like, like are you happy I'm... yeah are yeah exactly the thing we want to do no yeah. are you happy though <laughs> Yeah, and then there's me, and I'm like, I have no idea what the f I'm doing. So five year old me or five years ago me, I got no answers. But then talk to five years from now you because it'll be we'll a good see, conversation. Yeah. I we can guarantee see. that. <laughs> we'll find That's, out. I I definitely feel like if I could talk to fifteen year old me, I would be really yeah proud to know that I had figured it out in a way that works best and is probably more meaningful in the, yeah. you know, in the grand big picture things, of yeah. my life. Yeah. And a way, and, it, and in a way that's like helping girls like 15 year old you to stay in the sport. Cause I think that's one of like the most important things for mm-hmm. me about girl stylers and, and we'll definitely talk a little bit more about that. But I want to ask you how you got into coaching because you took a hiatus what did you do in your hiatus? You just did school, I'm assuming. I mean, it's quite a, a po- important school time between 15 and 18, right? Like, that's a yeah. key mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did school, <laughs> barely. I, if you had told 15-year-old me I was going to be a teacher, I would have died laughing. I would have been like, oh, no yeah. way. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, what yeah. did you want to be when you grew up? 
Sorry, I had I'm just throwing no, random questions at you now. No direction. Like I, I knew that there were expectations to go to post secondary because all my family has. Yeah. And my brother was like killing it on the BC team, and like I felt like there were a lot of external expectations for me. I don't know, mm-hmm. like you know, if I talk to my parents now about it, they're like, that was just in your head. Like we just wanted you to be happy, yeah. and you know, yeah. all the things that parents want for their kids, but. Yeah. I had really put it on myself to that I had to do something. I just didn't know what. And so to answer your question, Sean, that time from 15 to like 18 or 19, I just barely made it through high school. Um, I actually went and did a stint after high school working at Disney World and lived in Florida. No way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Random. I want to change. I want to change all so of my lightning cool. round questions now. I want to make them all Disney focused. Was it that yes. college like student program that they do? I've had I've had a couple classmates do that before. In yeah, summers. the international exchange program. Yeah. It was it was like super fun and I bet. never like crazy experience. Um, but I want to work at so Disney cool. World. I know. I've thought about doing it. I'm like, mm, it, it, you know what? You can make a lot of money if you get a job in the restaurant because the Canadian restaurant, which is like in the Canadian pavilion. I was a Canadian, by the way. I wasn't like a character. I was literally you were dressed. a Canadian. I was a Canadian. <laughs> I was, yeah, that's funny. Dressed in plaid, working at the restaurant. <laughs> but if you get into serving dressed at that restaurant, <laughs> you can make a lot of money. So, oh my Ooh. god! I love that. Let's just stick you in every stereotype possible and stick you in the Canadian restaurant in in Epcot. <laughs> like, yeah. is it Let's only Canadians that work in that restaurant? Is my yeah. question. Yeah, oh my god, that's pretty oh my cool. God, that is and then we so live, funny. We lived in like staff housing with all the other internationals who uh-huh. were from the pavilion they worked in. So, Sean, there was a UK <laughs> pavilion, and they sold fish oh and chips. God. <gasps> oh my god. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I I was thinking that I wanted to be a character. Like I was thinking like with my hair right now, I was thinking maybe like Alice in Wonderland. Is that Mm, Disney, right? Yeah. You could do that. I could definitely see that. that. Alice in Wonderland or I mean, someone sassy, maybe. uh, Someone sassy. You could be Rapunzel. She's pretty sassy. Rapunzel, she's pretty sassy. Or no, Brave. The girl from Brave. You might have to get the wig. Merida. Yeah, I could do that. I could perfect my Scottish accent for sure. Merida. But now I'm thinking I've changed my mind and I want to work in the fish and chip shop. That sounds great. (laughs) I wonder what you'd wear. What's like a classic UK clothing item? Oh yeah, they're like... They're like old style skirts with the apron and like the blouse. Oh. I don't know. Okay, I was about to say, it was like in Germany, it's got to be Lederhosen. They got to have them in yeah. Lederhosen. Lederhosen. And then okay. the Norwegians had their traditional outfits. And That's oh, pretty cool. Oh my God. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't really think that British people have a traditional outfit. Well, it would probably be know. like a, ch- a chav. That's what I would, I would think. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, is tracksuit bottoms with the poppers down the side and big hoop earrings and eyebrows. Either that or you just have like everybody looking like members of the royal family. Oh yeah. Or oh, that's like cool. Of the that's royal a good idea. You know. Or could I dress up as a corgi? That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> just have a bubble butt. That's all you need. <laughs> to be a corgi. Like one of the proper Disney costumes too. Oh, yeah. God. No, it oh, was gosh. people like that is a conversation piece as you can see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super random fact. But yeah. yeah and do you forget it. about it all the time? Because I have like, I have Molly's game, right? And I never, ever, ever remember that I was 
one of the special skills doubles for Jessica Chastain in that movie. And like any, yeah. Sorry, go back a second. <laughs> yeah. You I just watched that this year, by the way. Yes, it's I was. A great movie. See, this you is what like- I mean. Like I constantly forget about it because it was like it's it's like the coolest thing on my resume, but I totally forget. Yes, me and what Berkeley. Do you have, what did you have to do? You have Berkeley. Berkeley and I were Jessica Chastain's uh, special skills doubles. Oh, because she did the the mogul skiing, right? Yeah, in the first like, seven minutes of the movie. Is. I've also only ever seen it once, but it's funny because it always comes up when people like when I tell people I'm a mogul skier and people have ever always are like, oh, you've never been tripped by a twig, right? And I go, yeah, no, they've seen Molly's game. You know, were you the skier in the scene where she gets tripped by the No, that was like an actual stunt double. Okay. Uh, which is why they differentiate between special skills and actual stunt doubles. Oh, so we were just special. So we did the okay. skiing and I had back spasms. So it's not me flipping. It's Berkeley. Um, but yeah. So there's like you, Berkeley and I even too. We were like texting when it first came out where we can like tell which one's her and which one's me. Oh my which God. kind of cool. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to rewatch that like tonight probably because <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, really oh, that's cool. a little bit. But yeah, it's like the one thing that I always forget about it. And it's a, it's the same thing where it's like it's a total conversation piece. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I have done nothing cool in my life. So That's I'm bullshit. Just gonna, I've not That's been to, not not worked at Disney and I've not been in a movie. But it could still happen. But you're British. I mean, it's true. I am British. <laughs> That's so all you need. That. That's very true. It's very, very <laughs> ethnic here in Canada, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Danica was at Disney World. I'm basically just going to imagine that you were there for the whole five years or four years that you <laughs> took so off cool. from skiing. I think I'd be a very different person if that was the case. She's just hanging out with Mickey Mouse. Just oh, hanging out yeah. with Mickey Mouse. And then you came back and you started skiing again. And I'm assuming that you came in to doing some coaching because that would explain how you became a coach, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I I came back and still didn't know what I wanted to do didn't want to go to school but my mom said I had to get a job of course as moms mm-hmm, do of course. and mm-hmm. I kind of just again like felt like I was trying to figure things out and I moved to our family cabin full time and I was actually ski instructing so I was not intending to get into coaching <gasps> oh, I actually okay. wanted to work in the bar and then the director of the snow school has known me since I was like two and he was like oh no you're coming to work in snow school so he coerced me into ski instructing (laughs) and then same thing I got coerced into doing my club coach I think by Wade Garrett actually I think he was the one who called me up and was like I've got a family out there who like wants to ski freestyle let's get you certified and I was like "Eh, okay so I got coerced into that and then (laughs) got hired by Vancouver club that season um that's amazing was the coach that year so that's kind of how it literally I fell into it yeah you know, That's there's a lot of things cool. that people just like completely fall into. So it's not uncommon. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. I pretty much fell into ski instructing as well. Exactly. You know, I was like, yeah, oh, this seems like exactly. a good, this is, it's here. I'll do it. Why not? <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm all, in Canada. All the great thing. Like this, I try to, I try to tell my athletes too, like all of the great things I've done have just been because of one step or like right. one time that I was like, okay, I'll do it. You know, like, yeah. Let's give it a go. Let's just show up and see how it goes. And then somehow yep. life happens. So. Yep. And like mm-hmm. teenagers that age too, they, they're they so, like you were saying, where you had this like kind of 
feeling of expectation. Like I remember when I was a teenager and like I'm in grade 10 and I have to figure out what I'm going to do for the next 30 years because you have to start deciding about university and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And now I'm 23 and I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do. And I like, if I could talk to 15 year old me, I'd be like, just chill. You're fine. <laughs> just, just do whatever. Chill. It is what it is. And now I tell my own athletes cause my, my, like my athletes are in that stage where they're trying to figure out which courses they need in high school so that they get into the right programs in university and stuff like that. And I'm like, don't have to have it figured out yeah I don't mm. have it figured out and I'm much older than you so totally it. it's fine yeah. I didn't fine. go back to university until I was 21 yeah same and yeah, like I said I, I just squeaked through high school and here I am teaching exactly. the young minds of tomorrow and I so. think that experience in itself is sometimes more exactly you know valuable for working it's with real young life. people it's, it's real life, life. yeah yeah you know doesn't have to be what everybody else is doing totally yeah it's also yeah. just a testament to like this idea of you don't need to have it figured out no. like I think we put a lot of pressure on young people to know what they I feel like that's a, a question that you get asked a lot when yeah. you're especially you're thinking of what you want to do at university it's like what do you want to be when you grow up it's like I don't know yet yeah <laughs> I'm 33 and I still don't really know what I want to be when I grow up yeah, yeah. exactly my mom just totally. retired and she keeps saying that she doesn't know what she wants to do when she grows up like, oh, okay. <laughs> I love that I don't That's think cute. I think it's like an eternal I think we have this expectation that once we figured it out like our life is like set there's like a mm. progression of our life that's just gonna happen because of that and I think we just need to change our minds and realize that, like, your whole life is an ever-evolving thing. And just because yes. you have one career or, like, one desire at one point in your life does not mean that is what you're going to do till you're in the ground. Like, totally. you know? It's, yeah. Yeah. I think gone are the days of, uh, you know, you start a career at 19 mm-hmm. or, at, let's say, straight out of university. So maybe, like, 21. And that's what you do for the rest of your life. Like, that's not the way our society works anymore. No. So. And I think maybe the three of us are pretty much the epitome we're, of this. We're good examples totally. of this. <laughs> to all we're the young examples. kids listening, I mean, keep working towards your goals every day. Yes. Yeah. But like you said, chill. 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 <laughs> I was such a stressed chill. out 15 year old. I yeah. did not need to be. Uh, we were fine. Life happens in a good it way. Yeah. It mm-hmm. does. You know, lessons so, learned, wisdom yeah. passed on. it works (laughs) um so right now you are coaching the whistler whistler freestylers moguls program is that where you're coaching club programming yeah um i moved over to whistler this past year which is sort of a big deal because i had been with vancouver club since like 2008 so like 11 or 12 years i was coaching with that club and and vancouver club did everything for my experience um coming up through the coaching pathway like they got me through all my courses and they were the ones who um you know that's where girl stylers happened and it was because of the support and the belief that that club had in me and that program um so it was kind of a big deal to like leave vancouver and come over to whistler club but um, we're living in Squamish now, so geographically it's a little bit more accessible. And also this cohort of athletes that I've had for the past five years, um, have really gone down that moguls stream and there's mm-hmm. a really good facility at Whistler. So it's just a little bit of a better fit and mm-hmm. yeah, 
it's it's good though. Hey, that's where I ski for fun, anyways. So now yeah. that's just kind of where I am. Yeah, it's your home hill now. Now it's my hey, home hill. Oh. Oh, Yay! Yeah. Um, and you're also coaching, assistant coaching the BC Provincial Moguls team with, with Josh, Josh, mm-hmm. Josh Colbert, who is like yeah. an unreal coach. Oh yeah, he <laughs> like amazing. my years working with him have been super formative for me as a performance coach. I've got the whole mm-hmm. fundamentals and freestylers and girl sailors thing mm-hmm. down. Um, but yeah, he's really taken me under his wing with that program. And it's been so great seeing mm-hmm. that bridge for kids coming from club to provincial yeah. program and really filling in those gaps yep. um, in my mind so that I can help those yeah. athletes along. Yeah. And um, I, I just laugh because like, his dad was my brother's provincial team coach and now me and him it's just like a big you know freestyle family there's definitely a (laughs) coaching gene somewhere in the cobra because i remember like um obviously i knew of jordan when i was competing um but josh had just left competition the year that i started omtu or like the year before so i didn't know josh at all right and um and jeff was the coach of bc at the time and then all of a sudden there's like this trans- transition period with bc where like kira came in and then josh came out of nowhere and just has like brought the team to some kind of new level he's an awesome coach he is oh, really yeah. really good at his job yeah Com- he has the him. system figured out his processes are um disciplined and and that's that sense of you know pursuing excellence that very much is within him um and yeah it's so cool to see how quickly he can get the athletes there and And invested in that too like compared to i know he's younger he's like five years younger than me and i'm like asking him really (laughs) oh Oh, yeah yeah. (laughs) he's only maybe what two years because jordan's my age so i think he's maybe two years older two years older than me or three years older than he's like 25 26 something yeah no he's like he's closer to 30 he'll laugh if he hears me say is he really oh okay no he's like a little bit older than seven or 28 yeah yeah oh okay so he's a little older than i thought um i keep yeah. thinking that i'm younger than i am so yeah, oh yeah i happens. think i'm younger than everyone so yeah, i think it's hilarious like, when i'm he's got such him. an awesome future in coaching for sure because totally. he's just like he's so young already that there's just like a wealth yeah. of growth and he's so good already <laughs> too like yeah. oh yeah yeah and i'm yeah. watching him and my husband coaches the slope style team out here in bc so i've watched them over this past covid year just take hit after hit after hit yeah. with their training plans and their and their schedules and they keep getting back up and they've kept yep. the kids in it and the kids are looking better than mm-hmm. than they did coming into the covid year which is kind of crazy if you think about it um and i'm just yeah like i'm really excited for this competition year because the two of them have worked so hard and and so have the kids right so yeah. i'm mm-hmm. happy that they finally get to showcase that yeah <laughs> Absolutely. Yay. No more COVID ruining our competition season. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I was about to and say, toes. I don't know. Arms. I feel like, I feel like I'm wood. no longer naive when it comes to COVID. And I'm just like ready. <laughs> oh, ready yeah. Like PTSD of oh, yeah. Yeah, having things. I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying not to let COVID rule my life uh, right. four days away from flying to Switzerland. <laughs> yes. No, you'll be good. You'll be good. The we'll team good. went we'll to Switzerland last year. So you're fine. That's true. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Exactly. Okay, so you've been coaching, like assistant coaching with BC for 
two years now? Am I wrong? Yeah, two years. And that's very part-time. Like, he just pulls me in for um, odd camps here and there. And then any of the any of the competitions I've actually done a few competitions with the crew so it's mostly just camp based work okay which is really cool yeah yeah so a couple years yeah it's always nice to have a second coach like even when Jeff would come over to our OMT camps like it's so handy just to have that to balance out those ratios a little more and to have that one extra coach like it really makes a difference oh sure. yeah 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 absolutely necessary Definitely. sometimes mm-hmm Okay, let's get into the nitty gritty. The reason that we've got you on this podcast—the part you were uh, ready for. Yeah, yeah, the part by the way, all that other stuff. For. I was not ready for. <laughs> you did great, though. Oh, thanks. You did. You did great. I am sorry that I threw so many random questions at you. <laughs> Me too. No, it's okay. I have to get better at yeah speaking more about myself <laughs> coming out from no, you behind a, girl stylers you did a good job you did a great job you can I, learn I think, from us we're the the classic narcissists here we just love to yeah, hear ourselves really talk so <laughs> that was the whole reason we started a podcast exactly right? so, just so we could hear the sound of our own voices. we say it like every episode we're like we're so narcissistic <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i see you it, like my image of you is that as the founder of of girl stylers like that's who you are to me you're my friend but you're also a hugely inspirational person to me because mm-hmm. i see what you've done with girl stylers in bc and have continued to do as you've grown that program into the national sports organization and now that i get to be a part of that i feel very privileged mm-hmm. I, I really do um but I think it would be awesome to if we talked about girl stylers a little bit. And uh, this is this is and, how I learned your name too, because I didn't really, obviously being on the East Coast side of you know freestyle, I didn't really know you at all. And then girl stylers came out, and I heard your name, and you've done an unreal job with girl stylers. By the way, mm-hmm. it's been oh, spectacular, and I don't think <laughs> any it had anybody else come to take the reins of it. I think it would have looked very different. Um, so I commend you for that because it's, it's been like, your name is now plastered in my brain because of girl stylers. So, (laughs) oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think there were a lot of reasons outside of me for that along the way, but I'm sure we'll touch on those. But like, give yourself credit, give yourself (laughs) a hand. You're being too humble, Danica. (laughs) This is, this is a skill. I'm, I'm (laughs) work on it. You gotta big yourself up. Exactly. I'm fabulous. Why don't we talk about what Girl Stylers is? Because a lot of the people who follow uh, Hear Her Raw are Girl Stylers who are involved in yeah. Girl Stylers in some capacity. But there are also some listeners who maybe yeah. don't know what Girl Stylers is. So, Danica, yeah. tell us about Girl Stylers. So it's more or less an extension of fundamentals and freestylers. Um, and what sets it apart from the regular programming within our pathway um, are sort of the soft skills, I think, that all athletes need. But without any prior research, just sort of with my own experiential research and, and understanding, um, yeah, it, it's something that I think typically girls need a little bit more than boys so that's why Mm -hmm. when I originally started girl stylers it was just a small camp actually a spring camp at Vancouver club 
um, and then we turned it into a winter program the following year because it was a huge success. These were the things that I wanted to tie in um, were those soft skills. So not just learning how to slide a box or to take off, you know, to do a proper jump timing and ski moguls and the whole technical skiing side, but more so um, how to develop friendships on and off the hill and um, how to overcome your fears and how to, you know, give yourself those positive affirmations, similar to things that I need to be practicing still, (laughs) but just those, those soft skills that you need to be an athlete training in this acrobatic high risk sport that we do. Um, so it was those pieces that I was bringing in, which I got a lot of that experience from as an educator and learning how to, you know, implement workshops and, and lessons, I guess, with, with kids. So I was bringing that experience into coaching and, um, that's sort of what sets it apart from just our regular programming where we're learning technical skills on snow, but also, you know, working with the girls off snow and doing these little lunch hour workshops and socials and things. And just for anybody who doesn't know, Fundamentals is kind of like the base. It's sort of, it's the foundational program for within freestyle skiing, within our educational pathways. So you go through Fundamentals, you learn to slide a box or to ski a mogul or to do a proper jump takeoff. Like you're learning all those basic skills. Um, And then is it still called Freestylers? Is that what the middle middle one's called? I don't know what it's called anymore. I should probably know that. And, and freestylers is, as you progress from fundamentals, it's kind of as you start to get into, you know, the basics of doing a competition, higher, more advanced skills, you're doing like, you know, club championships, and maybe mm-hmm. you're dabbling in some timber tours if your province does that, which is our kind of uh, provincial circuit. So yeah, that's just, just some background information. So essentially, when you started Girl Stylers, it was to provide more more of those soft skills more of those opportunities for girls to have those bonding bonding opportunities and opportunities to work on the what I would consider mental performance skills like overcoming fear and 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 those types of things so and that is very much needed and I commend you for seeing that and stepping up and saying hey we're going to do something about this (laughs) Yeah. Well, again, like most things, it seems I sort of fell into it. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have this big plan and I was like, oh, designing girl stylers. Like it, there were a group of six girls at my club. None of them skied in the same group. This was back in 2016. And I had sort of pieced them together and I was like, you know, let's do a camp with just the six of us. And I pulled them together and it was this phenomenal camp. Like I'll, I still have photos of that day and now all those girls are like 15 and 16 and it's just so cute to see like how far they've come and how fun and and monumental that day actually kind of was that Mm -hmm. camp. And then it just sort of organically grew from there. So after the camp, we were like, we got to do this as a winter program. So the following season we opened up registration and I remember actually sitting in my other, my condo at the time, um, and I was like trying to come up with a name. I was like, well, we, you know, it's a girl's program. Like, what are we going to call it? And I was, you know, going over ideas with my husband and girl stylers just kind of seemed like easy and it fit with the freestylers thing and mm-hmm, had the mm-hmm. Z on the end. And I was like, oh, is that cheesy? Like, are we going to be able to say this? And I remember him being like, no, it sounds great. Like, I remember that moment so clearly and being like, 
oh my God, I'm really nervous to come out with this name and are people going to make fun of it? And is it, yeah, just kind of, yeah, felt sort of nervous about that and no one questioned it. Like every, there was so much need for it and so Mm -hmm. many people wanted it in our club and then Mm -hmm. people from outside of our club wanted it Mm -hmm. that like no one ever really questioned the name it was just so people were so supportive of it yeah yeah Yeah. and then it went from there it was about the same time then that females and freestyles was like kind of starting to try and do like um well, Females in Freestyle in Ontario was, was supposed to be kind of like a pilot project to see if it would work on a national scale. And then, mm-hmm. of course, Girl Stylers was coming around at the same time and kind of just took the, the, the little bit of vacuum that space across the country. Um, because it turns out that what you were doing was working way better than what we were trying to accomplish. And it's gone from there. I think when we were doing the females and freestyle stuff and I wasn't like I was involved to an extent I think it was Mm -hmm. it was more about like the focus was always about how do we get girls yeah into into freestyle skiing and not necessarily about like how do we we keep keep them keep these girls in freestyle skiing because how can we get girls in if we don't know how to sustain Mm -hmm. that yeah like how can we keep bringing w- females into yeah. this sport if we don't really know how to sustain them within the sport? And I think that's maybe where something was missing mm-hmm. um, within that. So um, I love I love the Girl Stylers Initiative. Oh my gosh, I, it's awesome. <laughs> I, well, and I think I was actually having a conversation with the executive director of Speed Skating BC because they're, you know, working on a similar initiative and they had lots of questions and as I was telling them what we've done, they were, that was sort of their epiphany too, was they're like, oh, so it's not about like recruitment of girls. It's about coach education and like creating a good program. And I was like, yeah, like you can have four girls who have an amazing season. And I'm telling you next year, you're going to have eight because they're all going to invite a friend. And then the next year you're going to have 16. Like that's how it was. We started with six girls at Vancouver club out of like 80 like it was an insane ratio mm-hmm. and wow. then the next year we had 12 and then we had 18 and then we had like those were literally the numbers yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. insane so if you cater the program to the athletes that you have they're going to have a successful experience and they're gonna invite their friends oh I like right? that I like mm-hmm. that catering to the ones you do have totally because I like that yeah that, it's that's a different framework than what we were definitely trying to accomplish. And I, I remember, like, I mean, Females in Freestyle was doing a good job where it was doing a good job. But I remember sitting there and I was like, unfortunately, like, pizza parties and, like, yoga at competitions is just, it's not going to fix the problem, you know? And I was I was kind of really baffled by that because I was like, girls still want to be, like, really competitive. And it, it mm-hmm. can't just be about pizza parties. Like, it has to be about, like, how do we make them feel valued in where they are? And how do we make them feel like they have somewhere to go? You yeah. know what I mean? And that was, like, one of the main pillars for the provincial initiative. So it went from Vancouver to Freestyle BC. They picked it up with the help of a, a really generous grant from Via Sport. Um and Andrew Clough was our ED at the time, and he 
threw me in charge of this. And this was right at his transition to Freestyle Canada and then Do It came in. So I am so lucky to have had these two leaders in the PSO who totally gave me the reins. And they were like, mm-hmm. you know what to do, go. And Duick said that to me. He's like, he had just gotten this new job and he had this grant was ready to go. And he's like, D, like, go. Like, he had full faith. Yeah. And so that was a a pretty important piece that I wasn't micromanaged. And I was Mm -hmm. given the the freedom and the belief. And the resources. and, And the resources to run with it. So... The big pillar when we took it to the national, or sorry, to the provincial organization was um, establishing a, a me, I guess, like a, <laughs> a, a coordinator or coach in each club who was designated and committed to the girls of the club. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the reason, because in my mind, I was like, well, that's why it's, it's successful at Vancouver is because that's my whole job and I care so much about it. Like I email the families, I talk to the girls, like... That's just genuinely who I'm interested in and not anything against any of the the male coaches, but (laughs) yeah, I, I, that was just, that was just, I represented that. And that was my genuine Mm -hmm. passion with the club was, was creating a program for these girls. So that was the success there. And I was like, Hey, we need this in every club. So we use some of that money to pay the administrative wages to appoint a coordinator coach in in each club in bc and then we would meet and have these like monthly committee meetings and like you know come up with ideas and we would plan events and we got to know all of each other's athletes within our clubs really well and and it sort of spread out the work so i wasn't doing everything but it was it was reaching every corner of the province like up to northern bc and james mountain like we had girl sailors programs running everywhere and it was so powerful so that was kind of that must have been really cool for you like seeing it grow like that and and to what it is now like it must be child yeah (laughs) well and consider i was like are people gonna make fun of the name and then no one and if they did and they did it behind my back i don't even care because to like most people 99.9% mm. people were like this is freaking awesome like mm-hmm. my daughter or my friend's daughter or whatever that program is for them and that's so cool that you are not ashamed to represent them right yeah. And, yeah. and have that space for them because I don't know it's just a girl thing <laughs> just a girl it's just thing. a girl you know what our it's podcast a is, is a girl thing so like <laughs> it's a girl thing. <laughs> works for us oh yeah um, then from there it, it grew into kind of I mean it's still growing that's oh, our, yeah. that's our goal right is to keep, yeah. is to keep it, it growing it, it hasn't stopped it hasn't um stopped. how did it grow to to encompass the national sports organization did they did they approach you did you approach them like what was kind of the dynamic there yeah um they approached me actually and I oh I love hearing it, that yeah it was yeah they saw heaps of, you know, success stories coming out of BC. Um, and like I said, that was like largely in part uh, with Via Sport and not only the, mm-hmm. the funding that they provided, but um, the belief also that they had in the program. And uh, Jen Heil was actually one of those 
key players who was yeah she was my idol oh yeah she's everyone's idol she's yeah so much (laughs) she is amazing and this was something that in her heart she knew was amazing and was precisely what she's all about Uh um so she had done a couple camps with me and uh yeah through via sport she was super happy to like help me get the word out about this um, and I was very, very grateful for that and, and humbled. And um, so Freestyle Canada saw what was going on. And it was Sandra Haziza who mm-hmm. a- approached me and was like, we want to get that. Like, we want this to be Freestyle Canada. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So that was kind of where it went, I guess. And I basically wanted to take what we had done in BC because it had been successful and just emulate that at the national level. pulling in the other PSOs. So again, like appointing coordinators in each province and then having them appoint coordinators in each club and just trying to get the reach out there as much as possible um, to lessen the work, but to also build that community Mm -hmm. because such a huge piece of what we, we are noticing about girls in sport is that, you know, they need to feel accepted before they are willing or able to perform to their highest level. Yeah. It's a sort of like a well-known, uh, you know, athlete mental um, preparedness yeah. idea. Whereas boys, they perform to be accepted. So it's just a little bit of a different approach, and we oh. need that social piece for girls yeah. in the sport. And that's what building the community was was all about. I like the way you frame things. I really do. Lexi's <laughs> <laughs> just loving life right now. She's I really just am. Like, Tonica, that was well said. Like, <laughs> I credit for that. That that one is like Sean. I'm sure you've heard that plenty in mm-hmm. in psychology world. But yeah, um, actually, yeah. do you know where I think I heard it? Um, where I I read it for the first time, and it kind of like hit me. I was like, oh, that makes total See, sense. She had another moment too. It's not just yeah. Me. It, was, <laughs> it was the. Um, the jump start, the uh, yes. oh. is it keeping girls in sport? Is it? Is oh, it's the called? Canadian athlete or um, Kate Cause, whatever it's called. I think it was in conjunction with Cause, but it's yeah. Jump Start is the company. Yes, that, right. Um, keeping girls Canadian in sport, tire. the module that they do. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Keeping girls in sport. Well, then I have yeah. heard um, this before, and obviously, and I actually didn't take it. Jeff took it. And he said this to me as like, cause he was reading me some of the things from the, the course. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, it's so true. So much sense. And then I took it cause I was like, Oh, okay. Like this, yeah. if this is one thing he's told me about this course. Like imagine what the rest of it is like. I was mm-hmm. really impressed with it. Yeah. So, um, it's also yeah. a course that I think, I think every sports organization in our sport needs to consider as like a requirement yeah. for coaches it's also like yeah. i'm pretty sure it's free like there's it's no 15 dollars. okay yeah. sorry it's 15 dollars, so there's no reason not to do it totally yeah. and the information is so like you say profound like you're like oh yeah. my god i get it it is now on our registration like okay. our coach registration mm-hmm. on snow reg so if you okay. go in there it shows making headway as like a requirement yeah What's the other one? Is safe sport a requirement? Uh, safe sport is a requirement. Yeah. And keeping girls in sport is a recommendation, it which we're I working on making that We a need to make it a requirement. And this is something like 
once I once I took it, I approached um, Miles and I was like, dude, we need every single coach at Calvary to be doing this. Uh, it never totally. got to that point, unfortunately. But um, like it, I think it needs to be taken on uh, very seriously and, and not just seen as like, you can take it if you're interested in girls in freestyle. Because I yeah. think that's how it's, it sits right now. It's like, if you're interested in girls in freestyle, here you go. It's not like, you know, this is, I, I think this is where the difference between kind of like, um how the culture in freestyle needs to change and how totally keeping girls in sports shouldn't be seen as like a voluntary kind of thing like something that you volunteer to do as part of a your coaching job it needs to be a requirement like it needs to be part of how we approach freestyle in general yeah and that's and it is um that is one of the things it's on our list it's on our list i'm glad it's on the on the list that's in my mind Slash, I'm sure Danica has it written down somewhere. But <laughs> it's on, on the drive. My, it's, it's on. on the drive. It's on my. It's on my mental cloud. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so there's lots of things kind of that we're aiming to do with with girl stylers, especially this year. So um, Danica invited me to to co support her. Co support. Co support. Co coordinators. Yes. Co coordinate. Co You are my CFO. <laughs> there you go. CEO, CFO, I vice president and president, Kamala <laughs> yeah. and Biden. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I am the Kamala to your Biden. There you go. For sure. But I feel like or I'm the Michelle to your, your Barack. older than you. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Actually, I think I'm, do we not establish that I'm older by like 10 minutes? No. Um, <laughs> when's your twins. birthday again? <laughs> your birthday's November, right? November 11, yeah. But you're 88 and I'm 87, so I'm oh, almost a year older. older than you. I'm the okay. oldest. Yeah, but I'm the least responsible. <laughs> Danica's the most I was about to say, Danica has like a legitimate, like real big girl job. <laughs> and I wonder every day how I got it. So, <laughs> Hey, I have a big girl job. I own a business. Well, you know what I mean? That's much more like, big you girl mean... than me. <laughs> you mean she's a teacher? Is that she's what you mean? She's a teacher, as in like... Not as questionable by income tax. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure whether or not my income tax has been done correctly for the past right? years. CRA, exactly. please don't come see? and find me. See, valid point. <laughs> okay, okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. My, if my accountant listens to this, I'm so sorry. I'm sure you're doing oh, my taxes my really God. well. <laughs> so we've talked about like what girl stylist is yeah. and some of the things that oh. we're thinking about doing go on uh, go on alexi i just had like an epiphany question go on um because girl stylers kind of came into the national sports organization agenda this past year or like almost like a year and a half ago correct am i wrong about that 2020 okay yeah 2019 i guess okay so kind of a difficult year considering covid um how have you seen what you've been because you've been trying to replicate what's been going on in bc in the other provinces how has covid either hindered or accelerated because i know you guys had like the um um ski sisters program and you've had like some of these really really Mm -hmm. successful things that have worked even in covid situations so i'm curious how now that we're going into another year that will hopefully be a little more normal um how this whole replication of BC's girl stylers 
how it can kind of go across the board throughout the provinces? Yeah, that's a good question. The nice thing about girl stylers is, like I said, so much of it is emphasized on the soft skills. So not so much the skiing. Like I created a workbook for Freestyle BC, um, which is a real tangible document that coaches and clubs can utilize resources out of for implementing programming. And we're rewriting that for Freestyle Canada. Okay, yes. we're we'll get like, to I want it. it. <laughs> when, when it's redone and it's perfect and it has a nice bow We're making it. it shiny for you. And oh, like, it's nice and shiny. I do and like sparkle. French and English. So oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> French and English. We love you, Quebec. Yes. I am unilingual. Uh, they are some of our forefront girl sailors, mm-hmm. 100% They're feminine. Doing, yeah, yeah, I've seen them oh. do really well with girl yeah. sailors Quebec. So, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. We love them. Um, but yeah, in that workbook, um, you know, there is anything focused on the technical side of coaching girls is really focused on injury, risk, understanding and prevention, because that's sort of the big difference between girls. A lot of mental Mm -hmm. understanding as well. Like, you know, girls have to do a little bit more repetition on on a fundamental skill. They're very calculated. So some of that understanding behind how girls learn is in there um backed by research and then the bulk of it though is i think there's like nine different lessons or workshops um on on these different topics that you can do with athletes and you don't need skis on for those things so it's things like goal setting visualization um positive team environments like positive self-talk so all these things we were able to um, still do through COVID. <laughs> and yeah. Ski Sisters was a big one for, you know, pushing out and, yeah, pushing out that social piece and, like, building the community of Girl Stylers nationally. That was sort of, like, our key event. Yeah. Um, but then also, yeah, like, Ontario did an amazing wellness challenge that was all virtual and really that all those pieces were what girl stylers is like what sets it apart from fundamentals and freestylers Mm -hmm. is like it's having discussions about nutrition as girls and women it's having um you know being in a a room doing dry land and Mm -hmm. some of that strength and conditioning piece with other girls and women just sort of yeah having the comfort because i think that's that's part of it right it's just feeling like you naturally exist in that environment and not feeling yeah. like you're kind of misplaced. So that's how I felt as a, as a teenage girl it was like, I felt very much like plopped in the room. Uh, even though like, you know, my dad was a freestyle skier. It definitely felt like it was part of my blood. And I definitely felt like, you know, I had some talent and stuff like that. But every time you put me beside a guy, all of a sudden I'd feel out of place. So just mm. having that comfort of other girls and like, I think there's almost like an unspoken understanding that you all feel that way. Yeah. And so when you, all the girls come into the room, there's like this collective, like, I don't know how to explain it, but like a collective understanding of your discomfort. And so it's just, totally. that's all you, you want and get from each other is you just want to make each other feel naturally belonging in this environment. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of that when we did, when we did our girl styles online stuff, there was a lot of like when we were working out, like just I was like red faced and sweaty. I'm like, keep going, girls, yeah. it's fine, yeah. don't worry. And totally. like people being like, we did a lot of 
we introduce them to things like we we introduce them to mental skills Mm -hmm. so imagery and visualization and there's a lot of discomfort in that and Mm -hmm. that can be it's it's uncomfortable enough without adding in the aspect of like hey I'm the only girl here like or and maybe I'm finding it easier than the guys but I don't want to be the one that's like oh yeah I found that quite easy like not feeling comfortable to speak up because you already feel like you stand out so you don't want to do anything to make you stand out more you know what I mean yeah Yeah. and I feel like in our sport there's been a long-standing understanding (laughs) that (laughs) to to be successful is to fit in with the guys yeah to ski Mm -hmm. with the guys to hang out with the guys to dress like a guy when you have a guy style as a girl skier you're automatically way more successful yeah or I don't want to say attractive like I mean not like physically attractive but like you're when you see skier. a girl skis like a guy you're like oh wow like that that yes. stands out that's really cool it does mm-hmm. right well I just remember so at Momentum Ski Camps I had Tammy Bradley as a coach one day and we were doing video review and she quite told me it quite literally told me you look like you're skiing like a guy and that was the biggest compliment to me so I yeah. told like I just absolutely understand this where like that was the standard was you had to yep. be like a guy to be like that was the validation you look like a guy, there's your validation. It's and crazy. it's it's, it's really interesting because it it speaks to a lot of things that we Sean and I talk lots about about <laughs> our sport and where the sport is going and how we can be prepared to support every athlete. Mm-hmm. But regardless that's sort of been just an understanding especially in in the birth of this sport when there weren't many girls and it was a guys it was the boys club. Yep was like, you got to roll with the guys to be successful. Mm-hmm. And that is something that um, I don't want little girls yeah. to understand. <laughs> I don't want them yeah, to have that no. innate understanding anymore. I want them to yeah. be successful because yeah. of their success. And that's It, it kind can't of it. be like a keep up or go home yeah. type well, of I thing. Well, I think as, as well, it closes us off it closes us off as a sport to a whole demographic of females who don't want to be that way like if you want to do your nails and do your makeup before you go skiing that shouldn't mean that you can't be a great freestyle skier like Mm -hmm. there should be no just because you don't dress want to dress like a guy or you don't want to behave like a guy to fit in with the guys that doesn't take away it shouldn't take away from your talent or Mm -hmm. your ability to perform and I think maybe that has been the narrative in the past and I, I I feel like that's something that we are um I've just I've literally just had this moment of like oh my gosh we're talking about this and this is how I feel <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I find myself doing it too like yeah. I, I I can honestly tell you that I dress and I make sure that my hair is tucked away and I dress all in black on the ski hill and I hide my face and I'm mistaken for a guy all the time but it is because I feel like I have to blend in with everybody else if I showed up in a pink onesie which we are going to buy by the way which P.S. I'm gonna buy we're definitely getting these these winter the pink Roxy bibs oh yeah yeah, I've been rocking those yes yes Danica's pink Roxy bibs are like I like that so sick but they're like a good pink they're (laughs) like a like a a pale pink I love it we need to do the remember when we were talking with Ryan the full oh, yeah, onesies. One yeah, I want a full Ooh, like. Oh, nice. They're they're pretty sick with flowers. <laughs> I don't know if they have flowers. 
but like this is what we're doing yeah i I feel like we need to (laughs) embrace like that level of um femininity do you know what that's why i love eileen goo she's a great skier yes but man is eileen just like she's killing it like she is modeling she's on the cover of chinese vogue she's doing all these like i think she's uh modeling for uh victoria's secret right now like she is oh my god like more power to her yeah totally. <laughs> like, why why can't she do all of that yeah and still be a fantastic skier like yeah. there is absolutely no reason if she loves a handbag let the girl buy yeah. herself <laughs> like, a I'm... bunch of freaking handbags and just be yeah. happy okay she can that's if that's what she wants to spend her her winnings on have at her i think that's great like she's she's being who she is yeah. And that's what it comes down to exactly. is letting female athletes be, be who, they are. who they are. We're multidimensional. Like it shouldn't be a trade off. No, no, no. And, and even though that, you know, it is girl stylers and that's what we are calling this. Mm-hmm. It's actually a platform for inclusiveness of all just sort of like athlete centered yes. mm-hmm. approach to all sport really. But we're using this lens of um, female empowerment, but really it's about, you know, it can be for the girl who wants to wear pink and wants to rock a handbag. It can be for the girl who wants to dress like the boys. It can be for boys who want to ski with the girls or want to identify as female. Like it, it, we're going in that direction of trying to make a space that it doesn't matter mm-hmm. so much about mm-hmm. gender. Yeah. Yes. Even though we're saying girls, it really is meant to be just yourself. Like just, yep. just being, yourself. you are here as an athlete first and you are going to get the support that you need as an athlete. And yeah. the piece mm-hmm. that we've been missing in this sport for so long is that support network for female athletes, because typically it's a really, really different set of resources that girls need. Yeah. And you can probably talk to any alumni national team or current national team athlete who'll be like, sometimes we just need to have the girl side and sometimes we need to have the boy side. And I know at one time the mogul team did do a girl's team and a boy's team and there's yes. a huge uproar about that. And I, I think there's always a space to be co-ed, but there's definitely a space to be yeah. sometimes just with the girls. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Absolutely. okay. I think uh, when we were in Calgary for the World Cup last year, I went out for coffee with Dara and Megan and Olivia and Elena. I think Nikki was there and we just all sat and had coffee and some of us were working and it was just like, that's what they needed. They needed that Mm -hmm. time just to be together and like they had some great chats and just hung out and like those times are so valuable for those athletes because sometimes they're few and far between sometimes they're not there's not that many of them at a world cup or at a training camp there's just one of them and and sometimes they don't have those opportunities and I always always used to say growing up oh I'm I just I'm a I get on better with guys I I really don't think that that's actually true like I I think think it is either I I actually think that like I have I just have grown, I, I have some great relationships with guy friends, but my friendships with my female friends are oh just God. so incredibly valuable to me. And I look back now and think, oh, I used to say that. And I think that was because it was cool to think that all your friends were guys, yep. right? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm one of the guys. Like Either that or you convince yourself to make you feel like you do belong in those situations. Like I've done that mm-hmm. where I'm like, 
oh, I get along with the guys, but it's like a survival mechanism. Yeah, mm. yeah. Actually, I listened to a podcast. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to a podcast today of a, a female athlete um, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and she was saying that exact same thing. And that was kind of, for me, the moment I was like, wow, I used to be like that too. And now I've realized like how valuable my, my female friendships are. Oh, and yeah. and. I don't think I would be the person that I am without them. So I'm very, very happy that 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 this is... Mm-hmm. I, I feel like all of these things that we're talking about are kind of like what grounds girl stylists totally. <laughs> in what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or what Danica has... What D's made it? <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask... This was my next question. And then I kind, of, I kind of feel like it's a moot question because I feel like I know what you would say... Um, like I was going to ask you what part of girl style is you're most proud of but I think just in the way that you speak about it you're proud of everything that you've achieved because it's become such an important part of our sport and is going to continue yeah, to do so evolving. Um, but is there one specific thing that you're like super proud of from what we've or what you've done and then the committee last year and what we're you know what we've started to do this <laughs> yeah I think what I feel most proud of is the general population of the sport fully bringing it on mm-hmm. and mm. and then being accepting of it and not being like oh that name like eh. like there, there was there's never been anything I actually it has not been a rough journey like there are moments where I have to I cry at night to my husband or to my friends because I'm like oh my god I'm dealing with this typical misogynistic thing and like I hear other coaches still dealing with that type of stuff and that's there are moments of that but generally when it comes to the journey of girl sailors I'm just so proud that everyone has fully gotten on board with it and I think that's because I allow it to fit everyone's um, style and philosophy as it best fits so whether that's the individual club or the pso it's like here's girl sailors it's this little it's this mindset and there's some resources in here and some motivation and empowerment and all this stuff like take it and make it yours um and people have been just like all about it and so i'm most proud of of everyone's support of it i love that that's probably the big thing i guess well and I'd, i'd have to mention too and Sean knows that um, this podcast grew as an idea because of Girl Stylers. Like this, oh. I'm not even kidding when I say that mm-hmm. is when we first had the discussion, we thought of this being almost like a parallel to what Girl Stylers was trying to achieve. And then, of course, it kind of like branched off into its, its own thing. But originally I thought about, you know, could the podcast be a pillar of girl stylers of like what girl stylers is trying to achieve and so just even that like you are the reason that this exists just so you know <laughs> I love that. you are you, and like this speaks to just how contagious um the energy and the the thought mm. behind what you have done that's just how just speaks to how contagious it is because this quite literally would not have come into my brain as an idea if it weren't for the existence of girl stylers. 
Oh my gosh, I love that so much. <laughs> So what you're doing, doing it. that's the, it, like what you're doing. We will, don't worry. If, yes. this is, if this is where Girl Stylers has come into our lives in some way, just imagine, and it's amazing for me to imagine too, of like just imagine what can maybe come from this and what mm-hmm. may happen, you know, as a, like it, Girl Stylers is a catalyst is what I think it is, is I think Girl Stylers is a catalyst to so many things that we're going to see in the next few years. And yeah. Yeah. I'm just so excited, so excited about it. This is this is the things that I wanted when you know I was a kid, and I constantly tell people that my philosophy as a coach is to be the coach that I needed when I was a kid, and mm-hmm. it's the same thing where it's just like this girl styler thing, this podcast. This is the stuff that I needed yeah. when I was 15. This is the reassurance that like I belonged in this space. This yeah. is the stuff that I need. And so I just really, really hope that that is what this achieves. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I think we've seen in many realms and in many industries on many levels that representation is everything, mm-hmm. whether we're talking about, you know, racial, racial justice or um, really anything. Yeah. So us being those women who are there, coaching and implementing programming and talking about it with other women who are professional athletes like just being that representation mm-hmm. is kind of all we need for girls now right because yeah. they'll yeah. see that and they'll grow up in that it which makes a big difference yeah it does jen heil was that for me i know my dog's been dropping his rawhide and i've been like seriously dude is that is that guinness or is that billy that one's billy <laughs> Guinness, Guinness is dropping his rawhide. What is Guinness up to? It took my everything not to be like, oh. He's like literally like, mom, <laughs> I, it's been like 12 hours since you've last paid attention <laughs> to me and I need so some Guinness, now. It's not, it's not long now, Guinness. Not long. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, cuddle soon. I was actually just thinking as we were talking that like, I know we've talked about Girl Stylers as a project or an initiative. And to me, what I think it has become and, and what it or what it is becoming is a movement you know like we're moving yeah philosophy and movement like we're you know we're working towards this goal and I and I think we we talk a lot about gender equity um when we're talking about girl stylers and I think that is for me what you know it's one of the key goals is like how can we how can we how can we create an environment that female athletes want to be in so that we can bring more female athletes in and, yeah. and get to that point where mm-hmm. there's more of us in this and we can achieve equity and uh I it's, for me it's a movement that's that's kind of where what I see it's like yeah we're doing something we're just <laughs> going for it makes yeah. you feel energized too. Says that. Yeah, yeah totally it is an energy it's an innate an innate mm-hmm. energy that gets firing when we're around each other and talking to each other and yeah um it it even says that right at the beginning of the the workbook is like take this information and use it as Mm -hmm. a mindset and maybe that means you're going to have a program and a separate registration and a girl coach and a girl group or maybe that means it works best for your club to have regular programming co-ed but you're going to really put some emphasis into developing um a culture that talks about inclusive um group settings and yeah. uh, maybe you're gonna focus on coach education and bringing in more female 
coaches to sort of have that equal representation. So whatever you're doing in your own club or provincial organization with girl stylers is the right thing. I mm-hmm. like that. As long as it's... Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. And I also like that you had mentioned that girl stylers has kind of a, the focus on what are we doing with the girls that we have now? And let's not ignore those that are still here and are still pushing. And, like, everyone is welcome, absolutely. And by all means, we need more girls, absolutely. But I I love that you've taken this lens of, of like, okay, but the girls that are already here, they need something. So I really, I love the intention behind it. I love the energy that you've put in behind it. Like everything is just so well thought out, and I'm just really impressed. I'm in awe of you and Sean and everybody that's <laughs> taken on Girl Stylers. Like I'm just in awe of how the community is starting to build. And um, like I said, this is this whole community of women that I didn't really get a sense of until I became OMT. Um, this is this is what we need. Even like lower down when they're kids. This is mm-hmm. this is what's going to change our sport. This is what's going to change mm-hmm. the world, man. It is this. Absolutely. Abs- it's yeah. just, you know, women being women, girls being girls. Let's do yeah. it. You know, you know what? At Maximize this, because I just got back yesterday. Um, the last three days, there have been so many girls. Like, yeah. the girls, from, the Whistler girls were there. And the girls from uh, Calgary Freeriders, who I'm going with to, um, or who are going to be on our trip to switzerland this week it was just so cool to have all Mm. these girls vibing and megan was jumping and oh it just it got me really excited and and we were just they everybody was cheering each other on like Mm -hmm. it was just so positive it was such such a a girl thing to do to be like let's just cheer everyone (laughs) on i love it (laughs) yeah i think the big thing that's going on now is we we have to give the guys and the boys some credit too Absolutely, is what I'm noticing is that I'm not getting pushback from guy coaches no like no the old dogs who are saying the comments and using I can't even say the words that they're using but we know (laughs) the words that they're using yeah we do those old dogs are extinct and if they're not on their way out the door they're on their way out pretty quick yeah so that way of thinking and speaking thoughtlessly that you know in ways that are offensive or demeaning to women and girls that's not prominent anymore so like mostly from what i see of the the young guys and the male coaches is they're on board with this too yes and they're like dude you can't say that or like young guys aren't even really saying that anymore they're not laughing at girls for Mm. for cheering each other on or like doing whatever doing the girly things it's not uncool to be a girl anymore i think there's just generally more acceptance yeah they're they're listening like i i had all boys for most i had a couple of girls sprinkled onto my team in the last couple of years but i've mostly had boys and you know some of them kind of get into that like you know adolescent brain of of like you know girls versus guys mentality Mm -hmm. and but anytime i had a conversation with them they were listening and it yeah. It got to the point where, like, I told Sean this story um, of, you know, someone thinking that one of my athletes was a coach, even though I was standing right there running a jump site. And my athlete literally turned to me and he's like, it's frustrating to watch you be treated this way. Aww. And it's just, 
all of a sudden you sit there and you go, whoa, this generation is going to be freaking awesome. Yeah. Because they're listening and they're watching mm-hmm. and they're observing and they're just they're killer kids that are just going to like take the sport to a new level, not just in terms of athleticism, but in terms of terms of culture. And this is yeah. what the kind of like the what makes me so excited is when I see my kids really be receptive to these ideas. I'm like, man, we got some good human. Like they might be good yep. skiers, but like we're raising good humans here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're it's helping to raise that. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. we have to remember that a lot of the, you know, our future coaches are some of these male athletes, you know, there are still not that many female athletes. And yes, like it's great. I've seen some of uh, some of the girls from Ontario just took their Air 3 course, which was awesome to see them out there doing that. But a lot of our coaches are still going to be male. And it's important that we're educating our athletes as well as our existing coaches, you know. So I think there's lots of awesome stuff coming up with girls stylists. I think so before too. We, before we do the lightning round, is there anything... Um, Anything else that we haven't covered, Danica, that you wanted to cover, that you wanted to chat about? Oh, I mean, we could go on and on and on. <laughs> I know, and we Sean could and I do about. go on and on and on. Um, but well, whenever I, we have a phone conversation, it's always like, do you have five, ten minutes? And then we're like, an hour and a half of talking. And I'm like, that was fine. I had more than a five or ten minutes. But uh, we, we do talk a lot. <laughs> we get fired up. Yeah, no, I yes. think I think we've said, you know, all the important pieces. And um, for people listening, like, just keep your eyes out on what we've got going on. I think a lot of the events coming up and um, the workbook coming out, those will speak for Girl Sailors in itself. And um, you know, listen to the girls because like you say, this current generation, like th- all those girls who were at Maximize with you, Sean, recently, they're some of like, even though they're like 14, 15, they're right in that cool phase. They're like mm-hmm. the biggest supporters on Instagram of yeah. girl yep. stylers and they're tagging it and they're hashtagging it. Like they're so proud to represent it mm-hmm. and their, their male peers aren't outwardly bagging on them for it either. So yeah, just yeah, listen to the kids coming up and um, see how you can find how you can support in whatever way that is, whether it's just liking on Instagram and yeah, um, follow us on Instagram, people. Yes, Freestyle you Canada Girl Stylers. Yeah, follow f- <laughs> at Freestyle Canada Girl Stylers on Instagram. Do we have any other social medias? We should get some more. <laughs> That'll be more work for us. More I was about to say, do you really want to get that chaotic? Oh, yes. Oh. Let's get a TikTok. That sounds like a oh, great gosh. idea. I'm so that ready for a TikTok. All my time out the window. I would do nothing else. <laughs> eh. <laughs> I'd do nothing else anyway. Do you know what I was most excited about from handing in my thesis? That now when Alexa sends me TikTok videos, <laughs> which she does every week, sorry, <laughs> I will actually have TikTok downloaded to my phone so I can watch it. Because nice. I had to delete it when I was in school because I would just get into a TikTok black hole. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm a horrible So influence. prepare yourselves, people. I'm about to hit TikTok big time. <laughs> Girl, hey, TikTok. TikTok. I got to send you one from today because it made me... See, I knew she was going to... I've got got a TikTok for you. Okay, let's do the lightning round or the lightning-ish round. We always preface this round or Alexa prefaces this round with, (laughs) don't feel like you have to just give a one-word answer. You can um, 
You can pad it out a little yes. bit if you want to. Because okay. I always say, because I'm like, I have a story for everything. So it's not timed, I guess. No, God, no. It's not. Okay. Not yeah, at all. I, I used to call it quick fire. I wanted to call it quick fire. And then when we did it with each other, we were like, yeah, we can't really no. call that quick fire. No. It's not gonna we work. had like 10 <laughs> questions for each other and it took like 45 minutes to get through each of us. <laughs> oh my God. We were like, yeah, no, this is not, we call it lightning round, but we really should be calling it lightning-ish round. Lightning-ish. Yeah. You know what the lightning part is? The questions are lightning short and then the the answers are the ish snappy okay snappy ish yeah Um, okay okay, i'm gonna go first i don't know if that means i don't know which way around that means do you have the list alexa do you have the list is my question at the bottom of it yeah technically the socks yeah are we going to go do you want to ask that first why don't you ask that one okay from the top okie dokie um lightning ish round lightning ish round okay so um, do you have a particular favorite brand of ski socks? Uh, yeah, Smartwell. Okay. Oh, nice. Lightning fast. There you go. Good choice. Go. Well, okay, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to explain it. So. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to go to the top the warm uh, for the next question. Uh, what is your go-to coffee order? Uh, Americano Blanco, which is with... Oh. A couple pumps of white chocolate mocha in an Americano. I know. It's a little bit of a... No, no, I like it. I'm going to try it. I feel like that's quite a bougie coffee order, Danica. No, I like it. It's it's almost like a little bit European and a little bit basic bitch. (laughs) Like if you don't go to Starbucks and you go anywhere else Uh, and order that, they'll be like, what? That uh, is a Starbucks No, I like... Because Americano, I find... Like I know it's called an Americano, but I feel like it's like a very British thing because it's a very strong coffee essentially mm-hmm. gotta but then the you gotta have the caffeine. you know if you have the it, yeah i like it a little bit of european little bit of sweetness. Sweetness. a little bit of basic bitch yeah <laughs> i like it that's what we're gonna call danica's coffee order from now on the european basic bitch yes yeah, that's it. i love that's it that's what it's called that describes it really well it's not i'm not trying to be offensive i'm just trying to be funny uh no no i really toyed with admitting that i love pumpkin spice lattes but i just i don't actually order okay, them that much, i'm sorry so. it's um it's uh we're, we're like three days away from pumpkin oh, yeah. spice season no no no. And i've already had an email on my phone like i've already had like four emails reminding me from starbucks pumpkin spice is back um, guys guys pumpkin spice yeah i was back. about to say like, oh, it's been oh back God, for I'm days so has <laughs> it oh yeah it's mm-hmm. i had um, one on Alexa, the first it's day. still august Ooh. i don't care I don't care. Pumpkin loaf. Dude, for my birthday, I have pumpkin pie. I don't have cake. Like I'm all oh, about wow. the I'm all about the pumpkin. When I okay, okay. when I when I finished my final exam for my degree, what did I have? I had pumpkin pie. Oh my god, I love that. So this is my time right here. So you and I are vibing on oh, the yeah. basic white girl. Oh, drinks. I'm a basic bitch through and through. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, we've gone off topic. This yeah, is what sorry. happens in the lightning-ish round. This right. is what happens when I'm on this podcast. <laughs> okay, so this works because you did work at Disney. So I'm sure you've seen a lot of these. <laughs> um, favorite Disney movie? Oh, man. I don't right. know. There's so many. Guys, I worked at Disney World. Like, <laughs> it was part of the, the, the orientation. I had to watch all the movies. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if that was an orientation. That would be the best orientation oh my God, ever. I love it. Here you are. Here is our Here's movie collection. We must learn it. 
<laughs> basically like it was kind of part you had to go to the parks on your days yeah. off anyway um, that sounds you're making you're selling it for me dude. even more I'm quitting and I'm going to Disney <laughs> let's do it do it it's a good time you won't regret it um Finding Nemo is a go-to I've probably seen that eight million times but yep. also a big brave fan okay. um yes. because I also. yeah and because she really is like the I feel like she's one of the most feminist um, heroines mm-hmm. out, out of all the movies. Yeah. Like she was just yeah. family oriented, and she was tough, and she was yeah. Well, the relationship with her mum is yeah, just cute. such a yeah. a cool story. I think yeah, Brave was, is one of my faves. Too. I think it was one of the first like the the reform of Disney mm-hmm. princess movies. I think Brave was yes. kind of like the first. There was like that. Um, there was Princess and the Frog. There was Rapunzel. Like they all kind of came out around the same time, but they were like she was like the Brave was kind of like the hallmarker of like okay, this is the new Disney princess era. Yeah, and she doesn't need a man, right? No. Like she was. Yeah, she had There's other no, things. Like, love story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, follow up. Follow up question. Then I, this isn't on the list, but follow up question. Uh, favorite Disney princess. Oh man. I don't know. I love them all. <laughs> I'm very ashamed by my childhood one. What, what was your childhood one? Mine was Aurora, which now I look back and I'm like, man, all she cared about was the prince. I really liked Belle uh-huh. and, you know, basically Stockholm Syndrome. like Essentially. But <laughs> she knew how to read. She did know how to read. That was why I loved her, because I love to read, and she's a reader. Uh, I just liked Aurora, because she was blonde, and I looked like her. That's literally it. That was the only thing. That's cute. Yeah. And you know what? She had lots of challenges she had to overcome. She did. She did. But she also had to be woken up by a kiss. So, like, uh. Mm. She was was put under a spell. Like, I mean, it's... Being a Disney princess is quite traumatic, let's be honest. Like, I was going to say Little Mermaid, but like she ooh, changed yes. everything about herself yes, for a exactly, man. So, right? yeah. like, some of these Disney princess movies traumatized me, in a way. Yeah, we need like a reformed sequel we need or revival. Well, and they're yes. sort of doing that. They're doing that a yeah. little bit. Like some of the new live action things, like Aladdin, for example. Like Jasmine now becomes the sultan. You know, like there is like there is a bit of a revival coming around where Mm -hmm. we're like, okay, let's change the narrative here because this is all bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Disney's working up to it. Anyways, back to the question because I just stole the entire question uh, because I'm an ass. Um, (laughs) What would be the favorite Disney princess if you know? I mean, yeah, the the brave princess. I'm blanking on her name right now. Merida. Merida. Merida, Merida. Right. Merida. Um, Merida is lovely, but I gotta be honest, I'm an Elsa fan. Ah! Yes. <laughs> Love it. Okay, Honestly, you would make a great Elsa too. <laughs> yes, like you would you would do Elsa well. Yeah. Like maybe you should yeah. dress up as Elsa for uh Halloween. I'd be all oh, off. Yeah. Get the braid going. Yeah, I feel like you would do that very well. <laughs> um okay, next question. Uh, oh, favorite sport to watch on TV that's not skiing? Because obviously everyone loves to watch skiing as we're skiers. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, televised sport that you like to watch. Yeah. I grew up in a hockey house because okay. both mm. my dad and brother still play hockey, both of them, um, and big hockey guys. So that was what was on. I didn't really seek out my own sports on TV. 
Fair enough. Um, yeah. And so grew up in a hockey house. Now I live in a basketball house. My husband's a big Raptors fan. And so <gasps> I've gotten on that, that train very much. So we've been to a Raptors game. We the North. Cool. We the North. We were actually scheduled to go to the Raptors versus Golden State Warriors. And that was the first oh. NBA game to get canceled during oh, COVID. Man. Yeah. We were, I was, like, meant to get on a plane that next day, and Gross. Mike was already out there, and he came back. and bleh. So looking forward to my next Raptors game because it got, yeah, Canceled. taken away from me. But Damn, man. Live sports are just always house. a little bit better. Really? Oh, yeah. It's a whole I love sports. Like, that sounds so cheesy to say, but I, like, I get so fired up, as does everyone, on, like, especially being a coach and knowing how much athletes put into it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I'm also very like, like if I see an athlete get injured or like miss a shot, even if it's not on my team, I'm like, oh my God, I feel so bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so empathetic. I'm the same but too. I, yeah. Like I get so fired up on it. Yep. So yep. yeah, can get into anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, most worn item of clothing. Hats and toques. Yep. And Lulu's. You have a good collection of toques. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hat lady. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, I how feel about this? incomplete without a hat. Okay, how about this? <laughs> a follow-up question. Um, favorite toque company? Oh. Do you um, have one? Or, like, go-to toque. I don't know. Either or. Yeah, like, it, it just has to be... I'll go with any brand as long as it's the right fit. And, like, you know, with the roll-up... Yes. You got to make sure you don't have the corners unless you're trying mm-hmm. to have, like, the bag, the saggy toque with the roll-up. Yes. It's just got to be the right fit, okay? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's yeah. a few I get it. things yeah. that have to work for yeah. me. I find Herschel <laughs> is really good. Yes. That. Herschel mm-hmm. I love. Herschel's good. I've got a bucket hat by Herschel. Nice. Love the bucket I love hat. It. I'm loving the bucket hat at the moment. Oh, yeah. yeah. Loving the bucket Sean hat. Sean and I were both, like, flipped brim at uh, Maximize. I haven't what tried was Jeff the bucket hat. Uh, Jeff was calling me Paddington. Uh, <laughs> like Paddington Bear. Yes. yes. I love he it. He actually did it in front of an athlete and <laughs> spoke to me. Like, said, hey, Paddington. And I, of course, <laughs> turned around and was like, yes. <laughs> but, like, you have to see, mm. right? And when yeah. Well, you have to. And with your sunglasses on, like, my sunglasses aren't big, but they still kind of, like, push the hat up, and oh then the hat kind of comes up off my head. And you've got to make sure that it's covering. The whole point of wearing a bucket hat, other than to be cool, is to protect your face from the sun. Yeah. So if it's... And your neck. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That was the whole purpose of me buying a bucket hat this year, was because I was like, I need more sun protection. <laughs> Okay, talking about sun, although I guess you could choose a winter destination. Dream holiday destination is the next question. Dream holiday. What is a holiday? Like, do people even go anywhere Right. Anymore? I don't even... I Maybe threw all dream... those dreams out the window this past year. I guess, I guess... Well, you guys say vacation, so I guess it's the same thing. But, like, uh, a, just a dream travel destination then. Like, somewhere that you dream of going and visiting. I have many yeah, places. So... Basically the entire world. Yeah. <laughs> Prior to COVID, oh, there's so many places, but this one kind of sticks out just because it was like literally right before COVID. Um, My husband and I got married in January 2020 and then four weeks later got locked in together for two months and we've been always married in COVID world essentially. So 
Um, prior to that though, like we were, we, we had never really planned a honeymoon. That was not, that wasn't really on the agenda, but, um, we started talking about it in February, I think before everything happened, we're like, well, maybe when ski season's done, we should like just do a little mini trip. Let's go to Hawaii. Neither of us had been to Hawaii. We wanted, we actually, I had like almost booked one of those, um, like hippie vans, like the VW, whatever. you can book those and then just cruise the island. And I had done all the research about where we were going to go. And we were just going to do this little like overland. They're actually not that cheap, but (laughs) we were going to do a little Hawaiian vacation. And so that would be, that's kind of still out there lingering with my Raptors game. So fun. Nice. Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii. I dream of living in a van for a bit. (laughs) Right. I do. Simple. I really do yeah simple kind of like you know mm. i don't know i feel like the world is a little too loud and i just need to be in a van in the middle of nowhere <laughs> i love that yeah um favorite ice cream flavor uh cookie dough ah, okay Ooh. although when i was um a little kid it was like whatever was and actually when i go to an ice cream parlor it's still whatever the most colorful ice cream is so usually bubble oh. gum or cotton candy yes Yes, or like the I rainbow, like rainbow superhero, or whatever. Ooh, yeah! yeah. Like, give me some of that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it, that is, <laughs> that flavor, is the I most want it. Fun and like <laughs> has the most chunks. See, they're of the something. flavors I avoid. What? I'm like cotton candy. That sounds yeah, a little dangerous. You like vanilla. I do. I like vanilla ice cream. Oh, I don't mind a good vanilla once in a while. We we had this. Conversation. I think it has to be a good vanilla ice cream, though. Yeah, like, it does. It has to have like you know like. The bit, the flex, the vanilla flex in it. That's when you know. Ooh, it's yes. Good. Yeah. yeah, the, the vanilla bean. None of this just. Yeah. yeah, vanilla bean. None of this just, you know, like. I don't know. I just like vanilla yeah. ice cream. Oh, I'm sorry it. I'm boring. We've talked about this before. We have. I've literally told her <laughs> you're boring. It's not boring, it's classic. Classic. Classy. Know. I'm classy, Alexa. <laughs> oh, <so sorry. laughs> if you could have. If you could have dinner with one person, dead or alive, who would it be? I think I would love to have met Princess Diana. I think I would have oh, cried upon meeting great her. Great answer. Okay. Yeah. Great answer. Like anything, I, we, I'm obsessed with the crown, that show on Netflix. Yes. Um, anything Diana, like I just, she was everything. And uh, yeah. So glamorous. Diana. Now you've just admitted that you're obsessed with the crown. Uh, you do realize that as soon as the next series comes out, I am going to be texting you all the time being like, <laughs> did you watch that episode? What, what did you think of this? Like, oh, I yeah. am obsessed with Maybe the crown. Maybe we can just FaceTime and watch it together. That's true. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. That's what I do with my sister all the time. We, we oh, FaceTime, we Zoom to watch Friends or Brooklyn Nine-Nine together. <laughs> yeah. That's all you need. You guys are cute. Thank you. Um... <laughs> That's a really good answer. I actually think that that might be my answer too. Like, I was obsessed with Princess Diana. Like, I yeah. cried Aww. so hard when she died. See, like, she died like two months before I was born, so I just missed that yeah. era. Yeah. So I'm I cried with a Beyonce lot. or Michelle Obama. So. <laughs> also, good answers. I even made a scrap, a, a Princess Diana scrap. Really? Like, with like all of these like all of her beauty because she had such beautiful dresses and and she just did all of these amazing things and she was such an inspirational human for me i think she was kind of like the first strong female role model other than my mother who i kind of Mm -hmm. saw as somebody who i wanted to emulate i guess so 
Oh yeah, yes. she's the lady. Great answer. Um, mm-hmm. I liked it. <laughs> well done. Alrighty. Um, dog person, cat person. Which of the two dishes do you dip into? <laughs> <laughs> big dog guy. Oh yeah. But small dog. I, I like big dogs too. But any dogs. I love dogs very very much. Yeah. Go I've got a Pomeranian. And... I was to say, go ahead, talk. Do it. Talk about Billy. Billy Let's go. Come play. Billy is, <laughs> a, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Billy. We adopted her. She was a COVID pup, but like a premeditated, we knew we wanted a dog anyways, and that was just a good window. Mm-hmm. So she's been a great starter pup. My husband grew up with Bernie's Mountain Dogs. Oh my and gosh, big. Yeah. Huge. Big old guys. Yeah. So that's our Middle. next, yeah, that's our next feat. Okay. I can okay. just imagine Billy with a Bernese Mountain Dog just like I, being a bestie, you know? Oh, like, yeah. I highly recommend large. Um, a mini Aussie if you need like an in-between between the two. Highly recommend. Oh, that's so cute. This, that's, uh, my, that's what My mini right? Aussie is pretty Yeah, this is. Kenny. Oh, hi. Uh, oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Like the kisses. Yeah. Kind of the same markings as Billy. Billy's brown and white and yeah. black as well. Billy is the most majestic dog ever. <laughs> Does Billy have her own Instagram or do you just put her on your Instagram? Oh my gosh, I feel like you guys. Okay, so. It's okay. Guinness has Tell one me Billy too. has an Instagram Don't feel and that I can be. Guinness has a good big Instagram. COVID project. Yeah. When I got Billy, I was like, I just need to make her her own Instagram because yeah. I'm going to spam. So I made her her own Instagram and then it went down this black. Cool. You guys, I can't even explain to you. So I haven't worked on it in like since last year. But anyways, she has over 2,000 followers. Oh, my God. <gasps> yeah. And it's like insane. <laughs> like dogstagram world is it's not is weird. I was is. like in dog pack groups. So we were in huh. these like liking circles where like we would we all had to like and comment on each other's posts to like get Oh my What's God. that called? Like, like to get the algorithm going? Oh, yes, has, yeah. He only has 43. So sweet. <laughs> What's his name on there? Guinness the Aussie. Guinness the Aussie. Okay, I'll Guinness follow the Guinness Aussie. the Aussie's with Billy yeah. and the Palm Queen. Yeah, what's funny is like... <laughs> is that what Billy's... What, what's Billy's? I'm Billy trying to find Palm it now. Queen? Billy Jean the Palm Queen. Billy Jean. <laughs> Did you the find pa- it? Wait till you see it. Can we Jean as in like J E A N? Oh, I've lost so many followers. Billy yes. Jean. Oh my gosh, you've just gained the one right there. Tom, Billy, you're back, baby. She is so. Oh my gosh, oh, the Photoshop of God. Billy on the body of a Toronto <laughs> Raptor is maybe the best thing I've seen all day. Okay, now I know what you mean when you went down the hole. Oh, it was a I haven't hole, photoshopped any, uh, any photos of Guinness Oh, yet. yeah. Look at her. Oh, my she's gosh. She's so, so majestic. She's so oh, majestic. God. Every time you post pictures of her, I'm like, <laughs> this might be the most majestic dog I've ever. Like, look at this. It's like she's got her having her own photo shoot. That's courtesy of Seb. He, he, after he took those photos, he's like, I'm so mad that some of the best photos I've ever taken are of your dog. And I was like, well... <laughs> She's just beautiful. So oh, oh, she is beautiful. My God. This is so amazing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so go her... follow Freestyle Canada Girl Stylers and, and Billie Jean the Billie Palm, Jean, the Palm Queen. Queen. There you go. Guinness now follows Billie and Jean. Guinness the Aussie. And Guinness the Aussie. <laughs> Love it. Oh my God. Oh my the photoshops the on the Raptors is just <laughs> amazing. 
That was during playoffs. I Ooh. need more Photoshop Billy. Just saying. That oh, yeah. should be we your next project. Oh my project, god. Monica. What is this? Someone did an edit Oh, for I don't see. It was a, it was this a is dog hole. world for you? Okay. Dog world. Dog and then people world. start sending you like, like they want you to tag and products and blah, 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 blah. I do follow a lot of dogs. I follow that talking dog, Tatum, the talking <laughs> dog. Or... I love Tatum. Tatum. Yeah. Like, he's so funny. And I follow, um, I can't think of any. Tuna of melts my heart. Have a look at Tuna oh, melts my heart. Yes, Tuna Super melts my heart. Tuna melts my yeah. heart. Okay. I just love a dog. Love a dog. Oh, yeah. Don't have a dog, but I, I live vicariously through other people's dog. dogs. Is it because you're not allowed yeah. to in your apartment? Um, I, I don't think it's that. Dog. It's more like I guess you travel just, a lot it's the too. traveling, yeah. and also we don't really have anybody like family close. Like, if my mum lived close, I know I would just kind of like you know drop the dog at my mum's house. Sorry, mum, mm-hmm. but right. you know that that See, would happen, so mine, don't even pretend like it wouldn't. Mine invites it like every single day is like bring Guinness bring Guinness yeah bring Guinness yeah. and which is weird because my parents are not dog people so you know what <laughs> they fall in love too it's too easy to fall in love with a pupster mm. oh yeah <gasps> especially one like Guinness um actually my <laughs> neighbors just got a dog um I think he's a cross between a Saint Bernard and a Newfoundland and he's oh, wow. just He's called Odin, and he was outside this morning when I was unloading the truck, and I was like, I'm so distracted by this dog, I'm just going to go and say hi, and I cuddled him, and he was just cute, and he had these big paws, and we talked, and it was so lovely, and I sound ridiculous. Sean, you have to get on Rover. Rover? What's that? So it's like Tinder for dog walkers, (gasps) and you can, oh yeah, like we use it all the time, so like you create a profile these dog walkers or dog sitters make up their profile and then you just like hit it up on this app and you're like i need someone to take my dog for the day and these people oh my people gosh i would totally take dogs. people's dog yes. i would take someone's dog for the day they make 100%. good money they make like 50 or 60 bucks a day and like if you're working That's from awesome. home you just have the dog in which your house. i do exactly and then see this is the thing is i work from home but i'm away so much yeah. like i'm literally home right now for four days and then, and then i leave you're gone again. for like three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm gone for like three weeks. Rover. And then when I get back, I'm like, how long will I be home before I'm gone again? Like, yep. it's just so uncertain. And I feel like that would be wrong for me to get a dog no, it makes with sense. that uncertainty. Yeah. Like, I get it. But <clears throat> there we go. Okay, final question in the lightning round. Now that we've talked about dogs, because obviously that had to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what is one sport that you wish that you've not tried that you wish that you could try? Like, what's one thing? that you're like, ah, oh, I really wish that I'd learn to play or learn to do X. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I have two answers for that. Because the big ooh, like sport it. that, like, I missed out on in life, and mm-hmm. people don't, I was just having this conversation with Cobra, is soccer. Like, I never played oh. soccer as a little kid. Yeah, I played like, maybe, everybody plays soccer. Oh, yeah. Like, I have no... I'm, I'm fast, I'm athletic, I'm all these things, but I do not know how to handle a ball. So we, we were playing, just like on our off day down at Hood, we were playing soccer, and thank gosh I was on the team with like most of the star soccer players. <laughs> and so we were winning, but then it became about getting me to score a goal. And I was oh, so stoked cute. that the athletes, like, they totally jumped that's on board so that. They are like, we got to get Danica to score a goal. And I did. But it was like a Yay. big ordeal to get me in front of the net. And even then, I kick the like it was pathetic anyway <laughs> I don't know how to play soccer which is so oh, weird so I missed out on that 
But aside from that, like a sport that I would like to try and I anticipate I will try very soon in the near future now that I live in Squamish is um, kiteboarding. Oh. Yeah. So my husband's getting into it and that was our arrangement was it's pretty expensive to get started. Yeah. So I was like, well, why Mm -hmm. don't you do it for like you go and do the lessons and get started. And if you like it, then like it'll be easy for me to jump on board with that, I think, once one of us is kind of doing it. So he's started this summer and um, yeah, so that's probably a next year thing. I should introduce you to my friend Jordan when um, I'm next in BC, Danica, because she lives in Whistler and she is huge into kiteboarding. Oh, cool. She's really good. So yes, please. We would have a girl to hang out with. Yeah. Uh, Not that there probably aren't other girls doing (laughs) kiteboarding, but I just as soon as she said kiteboarding, I was like, Jordan just popped into my mind. Um, That's sick. I um, I feel like so different. Really, I was not expecting it. Different. Cool. I wasn't it's very expecting. different, yeah. yeah. I'm good at flying kites. So okay, so you should be fine. And I can it's basically, yeah. it's basically, a, <laughs> It's basically wakeboarding whilst flying a kite, so you're going to be fine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's that easy. Um, it's that easy. Just add those two Duh. things together. Bob's your uncle. You're fine. Um, actually, I was going to say on your point about soccer, um, I didn't play, like, I can play soccer. Like, I can play if you know if I need to wants, wants me to play soccer <laughs> I can play but it wasn't my sport that I played growing up like you know football. I was I did a little bit of I did yeah I did a little bit of football but like my family was rugby so it was all rugby and mm-hmm. football never really like came up you know yeah. we did it in school I played on a, fo- a football team like a girls football team for a little bit but it was always the rugby for me anyway that's completely off topic but you're not the only one who's not great at soccer Good. So yeah, I yeah, feel su- pretty... like such an odd duck out, and like at momentum, like you, mm. you would probably that's like the big event is everyone goes and plays soccer, and I'm like, hell no, I'm sitting out, I'm not going oh to that God, one. I don't <laughs> I remember suck. playing soccer. I played for a couple of years there. I was like an, a reluctant recruit to play. But it got too vicious and violent, and oh I was my like, God, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing this. If I break my leg, like, I literally can't do my job, so no thanks. I'm just going to stay on the sidelines and cheer. Yay! Yeah, soccer people. It's a beautiful game, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, if it wasn't five to midnight... I know, you guys. Oh, my go, God. I'm going to go watch Juno right now. Yes! It's all good. I'm going to go watch Molly's go game again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Danica's gonna watch Molly's game. Um, I'm gonna go I'm watch probably... West Wing. <laughs> oh, classic! Oh, so classic. good, so good. Danica, thank you so much yes. for coming. Thank you, thank you, thank on you on the podcast. I'm sorry that it took us so long to, uh, to organize oh, ourselves. Yeah, this week. I'm so sorry. It's been, a, it's been a week. It's been a week. It's but been a you know what? Week. We got to have you on, and thank you for giving up your Saturday night to yeah. uh, to be on the podcast. We really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me, you guys. Such no a cool worries combo. at all. And, and yeah. good luck. Um, good luck tomorrow because it's the first day of uh, a girl stylist camp, right? Or is it just a water ram camp? It's a mogul camp for like a, a BC program. But, oh, see. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. Where about? Yeah, so, um, just at Whistler Water Ramps. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. So nice. we've got a few teams coming in, but I carry girl stylers with me everywhere I go. There so you go. Thanks for letting me <laughs> roar about it. Oh, yes. I like that. <laughs> I love it. I Yay. <laughs> and we, we will, I, 
I am going to assume that in the future we will have you back on because yeah. I'm sure we will do like girl stylers will keep growing and we'll want to talk about it again because yeah. and as... like we we could maybe do something in tandem like you know yes. there's potential to do yes. something sure. you know freestyler here or kind of collaboration maybe yeah for sure but that would be sure. super cool Alrighty, well, I'm gonna we're gonna end it here. Uh, thank you, listeners, for listening to us mm-hmm. talk and A chat lot. and talk about talk about our passion project. Because I think for for yeah. Danica and I, for yeah. sure, and I think Alexa's gonna get more involved over this next year. It really is a passion project for us. Yeah. So yeah. I'm really glad that we could have Danica, the founder of Girl Style, <laughs> on our podcast. Da, da, da. Yay! Thank you so much for tuning in to hear her roar. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to the Apple Podcast app, if that's where you listen to your podcasts, and leave us a review and a cheeky five-star rating. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.